Canada Goose. I don't even know what that is. They're very nice. They're not nice. Yeah, and they're they very are, expensive. And they make me really <laughs> mad. Not no. Oh, you're talking about the the goose, not yeah, not Canadian the coat. goose. Yes. Okay, I thought you were talking about the coat. What are we talking about? The coat. They make coats. Yes. Man, what do they got going up in Canada? I think we're good. Are we good? All right, you guys ready? Yeah. Okay, Mossberg. Are we ready? Hello. 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 How are you? Yeah, that's what we're gonna do with that. And welcome to the Kent Now podcast. I'm Mayor Dana Ralph. In this podcast, you will hear from city leaders, city workers, and engaged residents. We discuss local news, current events, and provide educational and engaging content for the Kent resident who wants to stay plugged into our community. Thanks for listening. Now, here are our hosts, Josh Mossberg and Tracy Taylor. And Kyle Bomer. No, I'm just kidding. 2024, season two Jeez. of Kent Now. We're back. <laughs> the podcast is is back. Resurrected for sure. We took a little holiday breaky. A little breaky yeah. poo. <laughs> and stuff. If you will. I mean, people say brekky for breakfast, but I'm going to say breaky because we did take a little breaky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now I, we're back. Mm-hmm. We got all kinds of fun content and guests and updates and information and for I, you. And I hope updates about the cats because that's like, I'm legitimately worried about your sweet little babies. Tracy is obsessed with my cats. I am. I'm allergic to cats, but I love your cats. It's quite fascinating. Well, I've, They're I got doing them, well. I got them toys. You did. They, they appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And they've mm-hmm. been, um, you know... Working hard or hardly working. <laughs> right? I, okay. You know what I usually do? What's up? My routine. I'll get home from uh, from a long day at the office, mm-hmm. the city of Kent. And as soon as I walk through the door, they, they jump down. They're looking at me, start meowing like they want something. Mm-hmm. And you know what the first thing I said is? What? I'm like, Ginger, get a job. <laughs> you need to get a job. What do you- Go make those biscuits. <laughs> yeah. No, for real. Bunch of freeloaders. <laughs> well, <clears throat> anyway. I mean, you take good care of them. How was your uh, holiday season there, Kyle Bomer? It was good. Good. It was good. It was festive. Mm-hmm. Productive. Yeah. Yeah. So you spent some time in the snow. I did. We had to go find it. Oh, which, well, that's you know, true. There's <laughs> none down here. No. So had to go up, up the hill a little and bit. Which hill is that one? Uh, we the ventured hill. out to uh, Greenwater. <laughs> Green water. Mm-hmm. I like it up there. Me too. A little, little uh, iffy at times, especially on those switchbacks, you know. Can be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. great. Well, since we're talking about snow, little did we know, uh, like that, uh, mm. we were supposed to have some snow this last week. However, uh, that fell flat, but we still have the cold temperatures though. But yeah, it was really cold. Um, we had some below freezing mm. temperatures yeah. um, throughout South King County, the whole region. And so the city did, in fact, move forward and activated our uh, severe weather shelter, as mm-hmm. well as many cities around the region. Uh, that was available at the Kent Holy Spirit uh, Parish mm-hmm. overnight um, for several different days. And uh, we also had several um, community 
locations open to the public uh, during the daytime. Things like the library, um, some church groups, um, some the Catholic Community Services, mm-hmm. and the Kent Hope Day Center, and those two actually had um, some services there. So overall, yeah, really cold. Hope everyone stayed warm, but we we were able to push that information out for some of our unhoused uh, residents and just make that available to them. Mm-hmm. And so uh, for those of you that don't know, um, there is certain criteria that needs to be met for the city to um, to activate that severe weather shelter. We coordinate with um, nonprofit organizations and our partners to staff those locations and ensure that, um, you know, there are things available there for the people that show up, things like water, snacks, you know, um, blankets, all that kind of stuff. And I think... I saw on Facebook that um, was it Councilmember Troutner yeah. and Councilmember Fincher. Fincher, and they helped move some stuff over. So yeah, that they was did. great. Yeah, cold week though. Super cold. And of course, we've got all of that messaging out. You can go check our uh, social platforms too if you are looking to, maybe you want to get involved or maybe you want to help out too. There's always ways to do so. Again, go check out our social platforms. Since we were talking about winter weather and the cold, uh, first off, I want to ask all of us, do do we want to take a guess on when we're going to have our very first lowland snowfall? Do we want to set a date? Hmm. Do we want to pick a date? I should say. I mean, like, I mean, diff- like s- separate from the one that we just like. You know, when everybody says, "Oh, guess when I'm going to have my baby?" How about guess what I'm not having a baby? For the record, <laughs> just so we're all clear here. Me neither. Uh, no, <laughs> good. I'm just happy so to we're that. clear. Yes. Thank you. Uh, guess the first snowfall. I'm going to guess, uh, and this is blind without looking at the weather app or anything. Okay. I'm going to guess what's today, the 16th. Yep. We're going to go with January. You know what? We're going to pick my birthday. Oh. January 24th. Okay. Going to be snow. I love that. Kyle? I'm going to go with uh, $1. I mean, tonight. Oh, you're going to go tonight Mm -hmm. for snow? Mm -hmm. Bold. All right. Okay. So as we're recording this, today is January 16th. Okay. I, on the record... We'll say February 9th. Okay. February 9th. Is that your final answer? It is my final answer. So what co- what counts? Like how much snow? What if it's like freezing rain? Or no, like that hay? doesn't count. I mean, or technically hail. I already had a dusting, so. When? Um, it was last, last week. I, yeah, last week. Snow Here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, right in outside Kent? my apartment. Not in Kent. Nope. That's- in Kent. Stop. Right outside my apartment. The entire, and it wasn't just the grass getting frosted because it was just, it was dirt. Mm. And when I woke up on my way out to my car, the entire area was full of very light amount of snow. Okay. No, no, that doesn't count. It has to be, it needs to be a little more than a trace. Mm. Okay. Enough to delay school. No, because I mean, even ice or even the risk of icy conditions will Mm. delay school. Okay. So. Maybe we should. Like make this into a, a post and a whole thing. Oh yeah, people could like <gasps> comment their, I love their dates. They think we're gonna get the next snow, and then whoever wins gets like a swag or something. Or no, they get to be a guest on Kent now. Oh, that could be cool. How about that? I like that idea. Kyle's like, mm, I don't know how I feel about this one. Mm. Open it up. Well, we'll table the rewards yes. discussion for now, but 
Uh, I think, we'll yeah, we'll, we'll post something okay. about that. I love it. We'll put it up on our social platforms. All right. So we've got some other business to get to. I know uh, we talked briefly with the winter weather um, to our public works department. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave Brock, we love Mr. Brock. And his yep. team, Bill Tom, yeah, Bill Thomas, um, and a couple of others too that have kind of popped by. Uh, they went into full detail on how we in Kent handle winter weather and their plan. Our first priority roads are your major connections. Okay, just consider our lifelines. Um, those are the ones that basically get you, especially east and west. The reason being because east and west is up and down, north and south is flat. Um, gotcha. Uh, so we, it's important for us to try to get people off of I-5 back up to East Hill and, and so forth. So uh, we con- we really concentrate when the first snow hits on those East and West corridors. That's where you're going to see most of those. So, for example, Veterans Drive, Wreath uh, Road, Canyon Drive, mm-hmm. 208, uh, 277th. I won't name them all, but those, yeah. so you guys get the idea. We got to keep those open. Otherwise, no one's getting home. Mayor even speaks about it on some of her social platforms. In addition to providing you with some tips to stay safe in your personal vehicle, I did want to share with you all of the things our public works operations crews do leading into winter weather and then during those storm events that we have. Yeah, so we have some reels posted. Um, Those are always fun to see uh, get put together, but Mayor has an opportunity to talk to a few of our public works staff just about how the city prepares and how you can be prepared for winter weather. so even when it's not snowing, right, the city is still doing, is still working, mm-hmm. um, particularly on, you know, since there's no snow to plow on anti-icing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when certain conditions are met, basically, just so, you know, residents know, uh, if it's wet, the anti-icer doesn't work. So it has to be f- like really cold, like freezing and dry. And then the anti-icer, they'll apply that on some of those uh, major arterials and some of those slick hills and that mm-hmm. kind of st- stuff and just helps with mobility. Uh, yeah. So like James Street and whatnot, they, I'm sure their crews are, have been out there in full force all this week just to make sure everything is good to go. Uh, also, and a good opportunity for us to plug Drive Kent. Yes. Um, because you will get all of the up-to-date information on closures for roads and, of course, driving conditions, accidents, or any, even for that matter, construction that may be in the way. So sign up for our uh, Drive Kent alerts. You can do so at kentwa.gov or follow them on our social platforms. Again, that's at Drive Kent, I believe. Yep. On uh, on Twitter, mainly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, email. Um, some other accounts, probably... Uh, if you're going through the passes, Washdot, mm-hmm. Snoqualmie Pass, right. um, the Washdot traffic, mm-hmm. DOT, all those are good accounts to follow to stay up to date. King County Roads also, yes. KC Roads. All right. So let's talk about a couple of things that's popped up in uh, pop culture. One, we are uh, in full swing with awards season. We are. We had the Emmys just happened too, yeah, right? And then yeah. there were the Golden Globes a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about cold. Speaking of cold, <laughs> some, someone was not super hot at the no, Golden Globes from no, what I heard. No, it was very, uh, it was awkward. If you're a Swifty, you know exactly what Josh is talking about right now. Just for the record, I'm not a Swifty, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's all it's good. Weird, yeah. It's all good. <laughs> right? Um, yeah. So, I mean, a boy, our boy Joe Coy from Tacoma. Mm-hmm. He, uh, you know, is pretty well known and liked around here. He he makes a lot of jokes about his family and upbringing, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Cool guy, but it, it seems that the audience wasn't uh, 
They we're, did we're not. We're feeling it. No, I don't <laughs> think anybody in that room was feeling it. As a matter of fact, his ex-girlfriend, Chelsea Handler, let him have it too on social media as <gasps> really? well. Publicly? She just annihilated him. Whoa. Oh, yeah. It was, yeah. No Brutal. holding back from that. Brutal. But I just want to know, like, is his writers or is it the award show writers that are writing his stuff? Because you know he wasn't writing that. Well, he said a couple times, he was like, I remember, and I, I didn't watch this, to be clear. i just following online. But there was one clip I saw of him saying something about how to the audience, like, oh, the jokes you're laughing at are the ones I wrote. And it's like, <laughs> okay, like, I don't know. Feels a little bit weird to throw your writers under the bus, even if you only had 10 days mm -hmm. to prepare or whatever. You know, I don't know. Here's my take. Okay. My take is that it seems like, and I'm no comedy expert to, sure. to preface, but it seems like comedians part of the job is bombing yeah, and like being able to handle that and like not having a, uh, a public meltdown meltdown. <laughs> I don't know if I'd call it a meltdown, but a little bit of a, a little bit of a hissy sure. something yeah. or other. <laughs> um, but yeah, so isn't that just like part of the job? I would I think know. so. I would think so. I mean, let's look at all of that. Kyle, I need you to chime in on this one because you're kind of a comedian here. I think some of the, like the guy that hosted the Emmys, I cannot remember his name for the life of me, but he was pretty funny. Okay. He, you know, he had his moments. There was a couple of times that he was, yeah, I'm like. So do they always have comedians? No, I think they just started doing that. I would within the last probably five to seven years. I mean, for a long time, Ellen DeGeneres was a host to a lot of the things. Um, they had Jimmy uh, Fallon. Jimmy Kimmel's also done it a couple of different What's times. That one, Ricky something. Ricky Gervais. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and he was funny. He was on the Golden Globes for a long time. Yeah, I, I saw a lot about a lot. Of People posting about him. Yeah, he's no, he was pretty funny. Um, but I feel like that's happened within the last five to seven years or so. Most of the time hmm. it's been, you know, some big celebrity, but not a comedian. Hmm. But I mean, I'm not mad about, you know, a comedian. Tina Fey and Amy Poehler hosted the Golden Globes one year and that was really funny. Yeah, I mean, it's just, they're not, it's not going to hit every time. No, it's you know not. what I mean? But I guess like something to keep in mind is, I don't know, bombing with, I, I'm, I'm stuck on this, like bombing with, with grace thing. And with, let's get into some city business. And now, official city business. All right, Tracy. So with 2023 behind us, right. uh, something that the city does every year that our residents have probably already seen is the progress support. Mm -hmm. And joining us today is Mayor Dana Ralph to talk a bit about what's in that progress support and how it came to be. Welcome to the pod. Good afternoon. Okay. So first off, I think the biggest question, I well, I mean, inquiring minds want to know, how did the progress report come about? So, you know, we were looking for a way to, in all in one place, show our residents, show our businesses, all the great things that we accomplish. We go about our daily lives. We go about keeping the city moving and running. And we don't really ever take time to celebrate the big things, talk about the work that we're done, that we've done over time. And so the idea for this progress report sort of 
started to come out not too long after I was elected as mayor. And what's a way to get out to our residents? All of those things that are being done sort of, again, in one place where they could hang on to it and go, oh, you know what? That's right. That happened. Or I had no idea that we had that many sidewalks or we filled that many potholes. Right. And I think when we put out your messaging with the progress report, a lot of people are are, are fascinated. And a lot of behind the scenes, I mean, essentially we're pulling back the curtain for our residents to say, this is what we've done. We've been working hard for you. So what are the biggest takeaways for you in 2023? So I think the overall takeaway, and this is not the the sexy, the glamorous, but it's we kept things moving forward. We made progress on our infrastructure. We made progress on our sidewalks. We made progress in all of those areas, public safety. But some of the fun stuff, we had some great parks that we renovated this last year. If you haven't had a chance to get down to Van Doren's Landing, mm-hmm. there's a great mountain play structure. Mm-hmm. That was a fabulous partnership with King County Flood Control District. Uh, we created new habitat, new play area. Those, for me, are some of the highlights. We were able to move our community garden over to show us. We've got more people that can have a garden of their own and, and grow fruits and vegetables. I think that that's a very cool thing. And then we did things like improving pickleball courts up at Can- Canterbury Park. People love their pickleball. <laughs> all the so, rage these days. It yeah, is. They do. I hear it all the time. So we were able to do some things like, you know, like that. And and those are the fun things. Mm-hmm. So Tracy, we did send out um, a postcard to all of our residents to take a look at that progress report. But Mayor, there is another place residents can go to check that out. All of that information is online. You can check it out on the website. And we're also taking pieces of it, pulling it out and putting it on our social media. So it's in uh, little bite-sized chunks as we go through. But I do know I had a couple people call me and say, your picture is sitting on my kitchen counter. So I know that <laughs> I know that the mail got out there. Sweet. Yeah. Stick it right there on the fridge. <laughs> There's a couple of things that came up in the uh, progress report, Mayor, that I thought were really of interest. And I'd love for you to kind of elaborate a little bit more on our economic and community development. Yeah, 2023 is the year that we started uh, working on the update of our comprehensive plan. So our comprehensive plan is really the tool that guides us. It's how we make land use decisions, what we're planning for, how many jobs should we be expecting, how many housing units. And it takes a ton of engagement. And so our um, great folks in ECD have been doing a lot of that outreach. We want our residents to be able to guide that plan. Mm -hmm. What is the city that you want to live in? What should we be building? What shouldn't we be building? Those kind of things. So I think that's a huge highlight for that for that team this last year. So do they take a lot of this information that they're getting from our residents and do they take it to like the bigger um, entities like Sound Transit and say, hey, listen, our residents want this or, or how does that work? So our plan does inform projects. Uh, if you look back to... 2010 or so, we built out what's called the Midway sub-area plan. And we did use that plan when Sound Transit was bringing light rail in to say, this has been our vision. You need to make sure that your project fits that vision. Uh, We also use it when we go and talk to legislators and say, you know, there there was a lot. uh, 23 was the year of housing in the legislature. There were so many bills introduced that have pretty dramatic impacts on cities. So I think we're all supportive of making sure that we're addressing the housing issues and that people have the ability to be in a house that fits their income in a, in a, you know, everybody deserves that. But 
our biggest concern with a lot of it is one size never fits all. Like that just doesn't work. It's mm-hmm. that bad Christmas sweater somebody gave you and that <laughs> it's either way too small or way too big. That's what we feel like mm-hmm. happened this legislative session. And so these documents do help guide those conversations where we can show We've been meeting our targets. These are the things that we're doing. Not just It's not just lip service. It's real. From our finance team to our economic and community development department, public works, constantly engaging with residents, we're finding, you know, that they, the, what residents are looking for is really aligned with city leadership and what we're bringing to the table in the legislature. Um, just, you know, that transparency and, you know, that's happening across all kinds of different areas, isn't it, Mayor? It is. I, I think it is so important for people to know that their opinion matters. And like you said, whether it be comprehensive plan or our our equity plan, all the way through to things like budgeting, we want to make sure that that budget document is digestible and people can see where their money's being spent. And then things like public records. We have a very robust public records law in the state of Washington, and we fill thousands and thousands of those records. So whether it be, hey, I want a copy of the body camera footage for the accident that I was in, or I need to have the plans for when my house was built and everything in between. But uh, that is something that we've got a team that works on all the time. And we're consistently hitting the mark and getting those records turned around. But the other thing that a lot of our residents have been very, very vocal about for a while now is public safety. And we accomplished a lot in 2023 with our public safety. You want to elaborate a little bit more about that? Sure. Um, So as uh, just a little bit of history, you know, we saw in 21, 22 across the state, not just in Kent, but across the state of Washington, uh, officers leaving the profession, going to other states. So we were understaffed in all departments, again, across the board. We were able to, in uh, 23, hire up to all of our vacant positions, meaning to the amount of officers our budget allowed. That is unheard of. Mm-hmm. That is, I don't know any other city that can say they're they're fully staffed in that sense. But the other piece of that, there's always a but, there's always an and, we are understaffed. Our budget doesn't allow by about 35 at least officers. That We need another 30 to 35 just to get us to average. So you think about how big Kent is, 32 square miles, the number of officers it takes to patrol, um, to our detectives, our, our homeless outreach unit, all of those things take bodies. And so we are working in 24 to hopefully find a solution to that. And this is a better way, actually a great way to launch into the fact that with our legislative priorities, we are going and asking for a public safety tax. So we, we are. Uh, so I know, let's start out with, I know tax is a, is a, Dirty word. People don't like that. And I am right there with you. Uh, I am not a fan of a lot of the taxes that we are paying. But there are some things that I think are worth paying for. And public safety is absolutely at the top of that list. So uh, working with our city council, we put together every year what's called our legislative agenda. And those are the things that we talk to our legislators about and the things that are important to Kent. It's usually a variety of topics, economic and community development, parks, all of those public works. This year, we have one item and one item only, and that is funding for public safety. Uh, Tracy, to your point earlier, it is the primary thing that I hear about in my inbox. Mm -hmm. I know you guys, when you're looking at our social, it comes up every single day. People want to be safe. They want to live in a safe community. And the reality is that takes resources. It Mm -hmm. takes people. Mm -hmm. So our ask to the legislature is the ability, 
gets a little bit wonky. The ability to our, for our city council to leverage a three-tenths of 1% sales tax. So the easiest way I can translate that is 10 bucks. So I would say a cup of coffee and maybe a, you know, a pastry at Starbucks. Sure. Is, it's three cents. Three cents is what this tax is. So it's not, it's not huge. And I, I get the idea that it all builds together, but three pennies to be able to hire an additional 30 or 35 police officers, three pennies to expand our community court. Mm-hmm. Once we're getting people into the system, we want them to have access to resources. We can do that. It's an expansion of our co-responder model. So when we come across somebody that's in crisis, we can we can connect them right away in real time with um with a, a social worker, a case manager, those three cents go a long way to keeping this community safe. And we are simply asking the legislature for the ability for our city council to take that vote. Our residents elected our council to make decisions. Mm-hmm. They're asking for a tool to be able to have that conversation and make the decision. So essentially this three cents could hire, could hire 35 new officers. So will this cut back on response time? And could this be the answer that Kent needs right now? Absolutely. So one of the things that um, that came out of a lot of police reform were new requirements. And they're 100% things that we embrace. De-escalation, mm-hmm. right? Wanting to make sure. And part of de-escalation is that an officer doesn't address a situation by themselves. They wait for another person. It means that it takes what, what may have taken 10 minutes to resolve a situation now takes an hour or two. So you mm-hmm. add all of those things together. It's also additional supervisors. So supervisors manage fewer officers. All of those things take resources. And if you think an officer is spending, you know, two hours on a call and we've only got 10 officers for the whole city at any given time, now you've got three or four officers at one call, all those other things get pushed out. So we're responding to the, the, uh, the violent crimes, the really high level, you know, in the moment crimes. But that means that the case report for stolen mail or a car prowl, those get pushed way down the list. So we're seeing two, three, four hours in response times for those things. And mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys, but if somebody broke into my car, I, I want to talk to the police. I yep. want I want to feel like something's been done. Like right yeah. away. Yeah. Like yeah. right away. It really puts it in perspective, <laughs> Yeah, kind of what we're dealing with. But mm-hmm. it sounds like a lot of really great progress was made in 23. Mm-hmm. And we're hoping for, um, you know, some good results in 24. And you know, something you highlighted, Mayor, that I think is really important uh, to our residents is that this um, this additional tax is you know, obviously like primarily for enforcement, but does actually benefit some of those programs and services that are, um, you know, tackling the issue um, from multiple different angles. And I think that's great. Yeah. We really believe in that holistic approach to public safety. It's not just about arresting people. Like that's the last, that's the last mm-hmm, resort. We mm-hmm. want to connect people with the resources that they need. Mm-hmm. We want to do prevention work. Mm-hmm. We want our officers out in the community. We get requests all the time, come to my event or, you know, we want to mm-hmm. hold this event and we need parking support. It's all of those things. So yeah, Josh, to your point, it's, this isn't, this isn't just about how many more arrests can we make? How many people can we put in jail? We want to help our residents and that's what makes a safe community. We are so excited to see what happens in 2024. So Mayor, thank you for breaking it all down. We appreciate your time. 
Absolutely. I just yes. want to put in a plug. Okay. We had a successful year. This <laughs> we. team, we. this team here at the city of Kent, um, we've got amazing employees that are making it happen every single day for our residents. And I couldn't be more grateful. Absolutely. Fantastic. Thank well, you, Mayor. Thank you, Mayor. Thank you, guys. Yes, thank you. So thank you, Madam Mayor, for being a part of the pod. Well, speaking of, she was in Olympia uh, just this week and testifying in support of House Bill 2211. Now, again, this is a part of our legislative agenda. You're going to see a lot more about this. Uh, this is a bill backed by the Association of Washington Cities, which Kent is a member of. This legislation is going to allow city and county councils to impose a 0.3% sales tax, or in other words, it's three cents on a $10 purchase to help fund public safety. Of course, there was a lot of sponsors to the bill. And of course, there's a lot more that's going on with our legislative agenda. And if you'd like to learn more about HB 2211, that's House Bill 2211, you can visit the legislature's website. So on the topic of legislation, uh, we are welcoming a new council member to the Kent City Council, Tracy and Kyle. Uh, council member John Boyd uh, was elected this last uh, election. Um, you know, council member Les Thomas, who's been served the Kent community for over 20 years, yeah. uh, retired. Uh, we had an awesome, you know, farewell for him and uh, definitely honoring his years of service, but we are so happy to welcome uh, Councilmember Boyd to the Kent City Council, and we will be posting some updates on our social media, just about you know some background about John as well as all of our other council members as a reminder. Uh, and then you can always just go online to our website to learn more about them as well uh, at kentwa.gov. So um, the council season, I suppose, is uh, kicking off this week. We have our first Kent City Council meeting of the year. Um, a lot on the agenda. And so back to the regularly scheduled programming of every Tuesday. And so just as a reminder, Committee of the Whole is just kind of where they talk a little bit more um, pointed toward specific topics like, you know, you'll have the parks, quote unquote, committee, the economic community development, public safety, mm -hmm. right? And so how it kind of works is like workshop is where the council, you know, they'll introduce certain things. They'll have discussions about things, uh, things get sent to what's called a consent calendar. Um, and then at the council meeting, that consent calendar is voted on and adopted. So they'll kind of they'll do things like authorized grants, um, funding, um, projects as completed, mm -hmm. partnerships, all that stuff. Um, so, yeah. And we will be posting a recap. And speaking of recap, there was a couple of proclamations this week with the King, or excuse me, with the uh, with the Kent City Council. We honored the Kent Rotary for their 65 years. It was their anniversary. And of course, they're an inspiration of achievement and their hope of improvement, kindness of all of us. And they work in conjunction with Kent Parks and do their fishing experience. So at Three Friends Fishing Hole every summer, they uh, help so sponsor that. And then uh, also a proclamation read on Tuesday was about Human Trafficking Awareness Month. And that's to raise awareness about human trafficking and to educate the public about how to identify and prevent the crime. There's a lot going on this month here in Kent. And of course, uh, our mayor has been busy with a lot of these proclamations. Again, we'll post all those up here later uh, for you to take a look at. And you mentioned Parks, Tracy, something else going on with our Parks Department. Uh, I know we've talked about this before, but just as another reminder, uh, our Parks and Recreation Guide, that was mailed probably, I don't know, months ago. Mm -hmm. But um, if you go to mykentparks.com 
slash register, or just mycampparks.com, you can find it as well. Uh, you can take a look at all the awesome programs that our parks department has. Things for kids, mm-hmm. adults, mm-hmm. seniors. Uh, you, you'd be surprised. I was like browsing the other day to like see uh, like, oh, what can I, you know, make some posts about? Like what's good? What, yeah, how many spots are needed for certain things? Sure. And you know what I saw? <laughs> Something really took me by surprise. Okay. They have a... I forget exactly what it's called, but it, there's like a Japanese swordsman, swordship class. What? Like a legit official, like Japanese pads, freaking katanas situation Stop. happening. Yeah, I was like, whoa. Wow, we're taking our we're taking it seriously I now. Know. See, I would again. I'm a big fan of learning how to cook because I'm not very good at that. So I would take all of the cooking classes. Let like the record stand, Tracy's it's not true. good at cooking. You, you, she admitted it. I'm no. You do not want me to cook <laughs> anything for you. Oh, I can bake. That's not a problem. I do cookies like nobody's business. But if you nobody's ask me, business. if you ask me to cook something for you. You'll probably end up in the hospital. So what? What? Where's the line as far as like, like what constitutes cooking? Like what can? Like can you make a burger? No. Like make burger? <laughs> no. 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 Not on the. Okay. You can't make burgers. No. On the stove. What no. about like um, what about eggs? Um, they are really, really, really rubbery. I've been told if I do <laughs> eggs. So Brutal. that's yeah. I'm not again. You got Gordon Ramsay bur- reviewing. No, your, I feel like it's pretty hard to mess eggs up. I need help in every. Jeez. Every form and fashion. Uh, what was, um, as my mom would say, if you were to ask my mom, she'd say she'd burn water. Oh. And so it's he, like a fan. It runs in the family. It is. Yeah. Oh, okay. My mom lives with her Instapot. She can. Yeah. That's just you throw something in there and it's automatically cooked. She's like, I don't know why you won't do that. And I'm like, yeah, that's one more kitchen appliance I don't need in my house. You know? <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, if hmm. I can toast it. We're good. Okay. If it can go in the air fryer, it's even better. Great. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of crock pot's pretty simple. Automated. Yeah. There. Crock pot, you, I, I'll forget about it. I'm not <laughs> joking. So, yeah, I'm really bad about that stuff. Oh, that's something that really annoys me. What's up? Those, um, you ever like cook eggs and they like stick to the pan? All the time. I have like, well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I ha- So I have like oh a gosh. few different pans, right? And I'm, I'm really confused because I've done research, right, on like nonstick and all these different kinds of pans. Mm-hmm. I think I have like a set of like tea fowl. Mm. I don't know. I don't remember exactly what that means, but uh, maybe it's just the brand. Um, but there's like, there's two pans. One's big, one's small, right? And so on the big one, you know, I'll do like a little spray, mm-hmm. a little pan sure. situation and cook the eggs. Everything's good. We're, we're chilling, right? I sometimes, you know, I'll even throw the bacon on there and then take the bacon out and drain it safely. Okay. Uh, not, not down, down the drain. drain. <laughs> and then throw the eggs in there, right? And we're, we're chilling. But on the small pan, for some reason, it just, there's just always this layer of like egg dust, like egg on the bottom <laughs> of my pan. <laughs> and I don't know why. I, I've tried like the pam. I've tried no pam. Just, um... I've tried like cook like oil or whatever, and huh. it just cakes the bottom of the pan. And I'm really? so confused. Like today, actually, on my lunch break, I went home and made some eggs with like these like protein waffles. Ooh. Uh, put some cheese in there and made like a little sandwich situation. Wow, okay. And it stuck to the bottom of the pan and I almost threw, threw it out the window. <laughs> Okay. Not really. First but. off, we need to work on the work on the, the frustration part, and, mm-hmm. and that's you know. I had to take some deep breaths. I would imagine, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, 
maybe it's time for a new pan. But yeah, clearly. <laughs> but why? Like, why is that happening? Because probably your nonstick stuff is gone, right, Kyle? It sounds like it. I, guess. I don't know. I only use cast iron. So yeah, we've had this discussion. Cast iron mm-hmm. scares me. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it one, it's difficult to clean for one. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. that is um, scary. Yeah, it's not true. Two, two. Okay, it's not true. It's not true at all. What? Okay. How do you clean a cast oh, iron? You just deglaze it. And that, what does okay, that mean? Yeah, exactly. What? Oh my goodness, you guys! Deglaze it. Mm-hmm. Oh my! my a donut. Pottery, so pottery when you're done, barn? when you're done, <laughs> when you're done, what I do done. when you're done mm-hmm. is I you turn your heat back on, take your you know food out, turn your heat back on until it gets nice and warm, mm-hmm. nice and hot. Okay, and then just take water mm-hmm. and then fill up your pan about halfway. It'll sizzle. Psh- and that's all the uh, your it's you know you, then you come through and you I've got a little scraper and you just scrape off any little debris that's stuck there. Okay, it takes five seconds. And it you, sounds like a little more than five seconds. No, it takes because if it's nice and hot, you just throw water in there and it'll boil right off. It'll boil off all the little oh, stuff okay. and then you just I mean you don't drain it appropriately guess, and wipe it. Yeah, out. that's smart. I've never done that. And you I, just got to deglaze them. I can't imagine. Wait, what if you wanted to cook stroganoff? Like, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. no, it you can't do works. that in a yeah, cast iron. Oh, yeah, I make stroganoff and cast iron all the time. Mm. I make sauces all the mm. time. Maybe yeah. I should get some cast iron. Mine are, I like stroganoff. I, my, I cook uh, that all the time. Yeah. yeah, my cast iron, they're so seasoned that egg, yeah, eggs don't stick to the cast iron. They That's because you got so much bacon grease. But they're clean. It, mm-hmm. No, they're clean. They're seasoned. Okay. Well, we've learned that we need to take on some cast iron skillets now. Yeah. Anyway. Well, nonetheless, Kent Parks uh, has some amazing opportunities for you to get involved and do some fun classes, too. And speaking of Kent Parks, uh, we should probably get into some of those boards and commissions, too, Josh. Several boards and commissions here at the city, Kent. Um, You know, throughout the year, sometimes we lose some people. People want to get involved in other things or kind of run their course. Mm -hmm. And so there are available positions on a couple different boards here are Bicycle Risk, uh, Advisory Board mm-hmm. and the Parks and Recreation Board. Both of them will kind of, you know, interact with staff and sometimes our council and talks talk and make recommendations to the council about the the topic of their board, right? So, you know, what, what we want to see at our parks, uh, bicycle conditions in Kent, all that good stuff. So if you want to get involved, that's a great way to do it. And another great way to do it is Kent 101. It's about an hour and a half long. It's every Thursday night starting here on February 8th. It's a free program offering residents an inside look on how their local government works. Of course, it covers all the roles and the work of city leadership, staff, and some of the departments too. Our spring session is open now where you can sign up. It's just an hour and a half of your time on a Thursday night, 6 to 7.30 p.m. Mayor kicks it off with our administration department. Um, and then we have our CAO Pat Fitzpatrick talk and then you hear a little bit about our comms team and uh, and then it just kind of goes from there. You hear everything from uh, P- uh, from PD to law to courts to public works, our parks department, uh, our IT and emergency services. So it's an eight-week course. You graduate in front of council too. So uh, a lot of fun. Sign up now at kentwa.gov slash kent101. All right, Tracy, something else we got. And listeners, the Seattle Thunderbirds mm. are favorite hockey team in the world mm-hmm. and the universe are at home this weekend here in Kent, Saturday and Sunday at the Assesso Showwear Center. 
definitely check that out on the, I believe we have our games listed on our uh, city website events calendar, as well as, I mean, anywhere you can literally just Google Seattle Thunderbirds and see their schedule. They're doing very, very well right now. Um, Everybody seems to be uh, jiving. Jiving. Yeah, jiving well on the ice. Yep. Mm -hmm. So they're jiving. They're they're gonna they got the wood sticks and the puck and they're gonna slap it into the net, Tracy. I love it. You just you're there, you're it's crazy. You got soda, your sodies and your popcorn, and they hit the the puck in the net. Everyone goes crazy. Yes. And then they have that how does that horn go? Do we have the horn on a sound sound effect? Uh, what the an air horn? Yeah. Do we have one? I don't, I don't think I do. Mm. Here, I'll do one. Okay. Bow, bow, bow. Like <laughs> I like that. that. Yeah, that's pretty good. Bow, bow. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Go check it out. Yeah. 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 Ready? Did you know? Okay. It's time for our favorite time. <laughs> it's time for our favorite time. It's yeah. time for our favorite segment, you mean. Nope. Oh, time. Okay. All right. Today, mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about Mill Creek Canyon, Earthworks Park. Woo-hoo! Oh, yeah. So it's a Kent Park. We all know it. Mm-hmm. And maybe you've seen it. Maybe you haven't. It is a place here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So Kent, a little history lesson first. Ready? Yep. Ready. <sighs> Kent was built mm-hmm. on the banks of the White and Green Rivers. Knew Did you that. Know that. Yep. Cool. Uh, and, you know, when you build on banks, flooding can be an issue. Yep. Um, we talked a little bit on a previous Did You Know About the Dam. Yes, we did. Uh, added in 1962. That helped a little bit. But hold up. There was some opportunities still, mm. right? So, next, ne- uh, part two, history. Okay. Uh, 1979, the King County Arts Commission convened a symposium titled Earthworks, Ooh. Land Reclamation as Sculpture. Fancy. Sounds quite fancy. Mm-hmm. So they brought an internationally renowned artist. Uh, they made plans, designed public parks in King County's environmentally damaged lands as a way to, you know, reclaim them. Um, the showcase included the earthwork design independently undertaken by the city of Kent, actually, for Mill Creek Canyon Park, which hmm. was designed by a Herbert Bayer. Uh, Bayer? Bayer? The drawings and models toured museums for a couple years. Right. Mm-hmm. And then after a lot of public and private support uh, due to the success of the symposium, which kind of, I guess, was a reflection of the environmental art movements in the 60s. Okay. There was like an appreciation for land art or earth art and that good stuff. You remember that? I'm not that old, but oh. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of the earliest <laughs> examples of land art was Mr. Bayer's Earth Mound. Oh. He created that in 1955 at the Aspen Institute in Colorado. So are we talking, when you say earth mound, did we just put some dirt together and mound it off? Is that what we did? Um, I, I'm i going to go ahead and say maybe it was a little more <laughs> complicated than that. Got it. Okay. But I'm not sure. All right. I, uh, this is, you know, to stop asking questions. This <laughs> is it. kind of like the setup. <laughs> you bet. It's not, I don't have all the... <laughs> Answer questions. Sure. <laughs> Stop asking questions. So Earth Mound, he made the mound. Got it. All right. It predated the ecological art movement that began in October 1968. Um, still wasn't born yet. Still, Tracy still wasn't born yet. Nope, so not everyone yet. is aware. All right. So we've <laughs> talked earthworks, right? This was a term coined by a Robert Smithson. Thank you, Robert, for that. Who in 1970 created the spiral jetty. 
one of the best known land art pieces. Oh. And I, I promise you, if you're still listening, <laughs> we're this is going somewhere. Okay. We're getting there. All right. Just I, I really felt like it was important to really just lay it out. Sure. Like just get all the information out there. Like that's good. You're drive it home. You're you know? a wealth of knowledge. Yeah, I, really info. though. Uh yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, now if I can continue, please. Yes, please you. Um please. So during the 1960s, the city of Kent purchased land east of the downtown core for a Mill Creek Canyon Park. Ooh, mm -hmm. Sounds familiar. Yeah. Committing to public access as a component of the future plans. So they had hoped, the city at the time, to preserve the natural character of the ravine by dedicating it as a park. But developing the bluffs above Mill Creek created some problems with Blocking stormwater systems, you know, obviously we're still yeah. here in the context of floodplain, flooding, right. all that kind of stuff. Silt and debris would clog the creek. You would need a water detention dam. Mm -hmm. So we're going to fast forward again. Late 1970s development had grown to the point that the catch basins and stream flow controls were needed mm -hmm. to manage the stormwater. Yeah. City administrators were now faced with a utility project rather than designing a beautiful public park. That's a lot. It's a little unclear to me how uh, or like what happened where like, you know, they purchased land in the 60s and then it wasn't until the late 70s where they were like, oh, now we have a problem. But okay, I'm sure that's, there's details. Yeah. They're just not here. Um, so yeah, they're like, wow, we need to do something functional to protect the storm water system infrastructure, but we also want to make an awesome park. But guess what? There was a solution. It's crazy. They attempted to merge the two goals together. Oh, boy. And they hired URS engineers to develop designs Ooh. for a dam in a public park with okay. the goal of controlling flooding, restoring fish runs, and creating an aesthetically pleasing public facility. I would say the park is, yeah. Ah, I'd say they, they, they did, did that. City officials were not happy. <clears throat> Those engineers proposed, but they were like, no, that, this ain't it. Mm. It lacked the feeling of a beautiful place. Oh, boy. But then, mm. Kent Mayor Isabel Hogan, oh! who started the City of Kent's Arts Commission in 1975, wow. after the example of King County, saw she saw something, Tracy. She okay. saw potential for the Mill Creek Canyon Park after hearing about King, County's, King County Arts' upcoming Earthworks Symposium. Wow. So the symposium clearly been going on for a long time, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. So what she did is she asked King County to reconvene the artist selection panel that they were having mm -hmm. to find an artist who could help the engineers design an earthen dam that would function as a public park. Wow. So now you can see we're getting yeah. there. Yeah. While not officially part of the 1979 King County Symposium, Herbert Bear, remember that guy? Yep. The chosen artist displayed his drawings and models at the symposium. And okay. you know what? I think I'm going to post some of those pictures on our social media this week. I love it. So if you're curious, uh, you can check that out. But also there's a very detailed uh, page on our website about this. Okay. Um, so they chose him. And then the park became a reality three okay. years later. Nice. Dedicated at ceremonies held uh, in 1982 mm -hmm. that included the Seattle Symphony performing. Ooh. So it was a big deal. Yeah, it is. Like a real big deal. <laughs> elements of sculpted earth, Ooh. pathways, water, and lawn. Those are the four elements. Mm -hmm. uh, earth, wind, water, fire. functioning stormwater retention facility, public park, and land art that revealed Mill Creek's dynamic cycles of flood and drought. Oh, boy. Very cool. That is. And it was, you know, we're all about the jokes and the fun, but it's actually, it was a, it was a pretty big accomplishment, uh, merging 
that 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 intersection of public infrastructure and stormwater and art was a big deal and it's really cool. They did that. They really did that. They really they really did, did that. that. Yeah. What do you think, Kyle? Sounds great. I've been there. <laughs> I know they did it. I've it been look, there. It looks like donuts. I like it. It's cool. Yeah. And now you know. And now you know. Half twenty minutes later. I don't know how long was I talking? Uh, nah. <laughs> You're welcome. I, I love history lessons in our pod every time. I love what you bring to the table with those did you knows, Josh. <clears throat> Thank you, Tracy. I love what you bring to the table as well. <laughs> uh, what are you? I'm, okay. I was just giving you love for that. What? Uh, okay. There's there's something else I just remembered. What's uh -oh. that? <laughs> Super important. Okay. So. <laughs> I don't know if you you guys are are big Twitter users. Mm -hmm. um, you mean you, X? You mean X? No. Okay. Um, but okay. there's this new meme. There's a new thing going around talking about Josh Wine. Mm -hmm. You guys see that? Josh Wine. Mm -hmm. Oh, I like. You haven't Josh seen Wine. the memes? No. I had oh, some I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to show you the memes. But yeah, I remember distinctly like one day in college. You know, out my friends of age buying alcohol and I saw the wine and I was like, oh my, this is my name on it. I got to buy this and yeah. drink it. And it was like, okay, it was good. I guess. I don't, I don't know. What do I know about wine? Um, but yeah, so I just thought I needed to share that because my name is Josh. So now you know, there's uh, memes about the Josh wine. So do we look them up on Twitter? Yeah. Okay. They're funny. I'll look them up for Maybe sure. They're just funny because my name is Josh. Hmm. That could be. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I'm going to look it up. Thanks for the tip. This, this person said, oh, your name is Josh, like the wine? Mm -hmm. That's my nightmare. Well, that does it. First episode of the second season, Under Our Belts. Thanks for joining us. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. Bye.